I'm Luis Lizarazzo, and this is Shedding Light Within Entertainment. Each episode, we'll discuss the humans behind the entertainment industry and explore the issues and topics that are impacting their lives. I'm so excited to share the latest episode of Shedding Light Within Entertainment, which includes an in-depth conversation with the creator of Born That Way and three of the producers who are involved in the production. So let's get it started with my conversation with McCall, Emma, Carrie, and Waka. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Shedding Light Within Entertainment. Today, we are doing a special episode to discuss a really cool project that I've had the opportunity to join, a movie that is already under production, but um, really gearing up for its next stage of production. So I am thrilled to be joined by four incredible women who are going to speak about their experience developing this project and ask the audience um, for some support in getting the rest of this production off the ground. So the uh, creator, writer, and real mother of this project. Hi, I'm McCall Sinnott, and um, it's a pleasure to be here. Luis, thank you for having us. Thank you so much for joining. My name is Emma Donson, Emma Birdie Donson, uh, and uh, I'm a producer on the project and uh, have, have been involved for a long time, jumping up in roles from like associate to co to producer. So uh, excited to be here and, and always always thrilled to talk about Born That Way, which is a, a beautiful movie. Hi, I'm Waka Alusa, and I'm also a producer. Um, really excited, like Emma said, um, about this project um, and supporting it and its journey in its production phase and getting made and becoming a reality. So thank you, Louise, for having us. I'm Carrie Schneider. I'm a, a co-producer on the film, um, joined over the summer, uh, so fairly recent addition, and I'm uh, excited to be a part of it. Great. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to have you all on. So, Paul, why don't you tell us a little bit more about Born That Way, um, where it came from, um, and, you know, give us uh, the audience a little preview of what they can expect from the film. Okay. Yeah. Um, so Born That Way is a story that I feel like has been living inside of me on some level for like half my life. <laughs> it started, um, the seed idea from it um, came from a play I actually wrote in high school. I had to write a play my senior year of high school. I went to a performing arts high school and cer certainly the last thing I wanted to do um, my senior year when I just really wanted to go to the beach. Um, I, I grew up in coastal Virginia. Um, but I had to write this play and I'm not, I guess, one to do something you know, halfway if I'm assigned to it. So I wrote this play and it ended up winning a festival um, where I got to go away to see it put on stage with, with equity actors um, the summer after I did it. So the seed idea comes from that um, story and it was the story of, of this idea of what if you were born into my life. And so it explored these two different characters that had um, that would meet in their dreams and were like different doppelganger souls of each other. And from there, my best friend Mary Parr and I wanted to create a project for ourselves when we were young actors in New York. And so 
it kind of it, the idea of this one play came brought it into this story that we wanted to tell and so this story eventually became born that way which is about a woman named sophie who grew up in tanzania she was a child of missionary parents to the Maasai. In the beginning of the film, she crashes her bike in Washington Square Park into two people, a guy named Daniel, who is a black New York City councilman with a secret, and a woman named Jill, who is a raised white country singer who's come from Mississippi in search of her father. And uh, she crashes into these two people simultaneously, but separately, at which point the world splits. And it goes off into two different multiverse realities, one with Sophie and Daniel and one with Sophie and Jill. And we start to explore these two different love stories sort of on a parallel track. And um, as a result of their these shared connections, there's a larger message of exploring identity, be it gender or sexuality or race and all the things that kind of ground us in who we believe we are. Um, and who we present ourselves as and who the world sees us as, but also looking beyond that to our core and, and our shared connection that goes beyond any identity that we might find in reality. And it also, the film does also explore reality and, and trying to escape from reality, be it through drugs or alcohol or just not being able to deal with reality. Sophie will transform in her mind into African animals from her childhood when she kind of can't deal with reality. And so there's a magical realism quality to the film. Um, so about a 10th of the film is an animation, kind of living in the world of uh, Run Lola Run is a great reference or a more modern one is uh, Diary of a Teenage Girl. So we're, it's the film is, is live action, but then we kind of dip into these sort of almost childlike areas where all of these characters are kind of stuck in their child selves. And so it's it's a story about, it's like a late coming of age story about them kind of growing up into their power and, and sitting in their reality and, and sitting in the acceptance of who they are. I have read the script. I love it. I'm so Thanks. grateful to be a part of this project. It is such a timely story given just what we've seen having to deal with reality. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so there's been focus on identity it's it's crazy to think that you started this project when you were in high school what in a what a heavy <laughs> topic for a high school <laughs> person to take on i was Crazier definitely not i don't writing. know <laughs> yeah in high school, I was writing like creative essays about why I wanted to be a bird instead of a person, not, you know, really diving into, you know, I such mean, heavy... Yeah, it's incredibly apropos. I mean, Sophie literally transforms into a bird in the first five minutes of the film. And so I think we're basically on the same, we're basically the same person, Louise. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, there's a reason why Louise got involved in it. Yeah, that totally. First, it was that first scene. He was like, this is me. <laughs> I love but that. But that was as far as I went. I did not go nearly as deep into identity as this as this work does. So I want to hear from, from the rest of the gang. McCall um, and I kind of had our own collision in how we met. And it was a kind of unique, not a, a collision, but a, a, a beautiful, harmonious meeting. Um, and our spirits just really connected. And we, you know, she was telling me about this project. I hadn't even seen the script yet. I hadn't read the script, but we were talking about um, this project and I was really moved by it. Um, and again, it's about those personal connections um, that you have and to get into why I'm drawn to the script itself, you have to believe in whatever you're 
you know, you're working in. Um, we're not just, for whatever reason, we could be doing anything um, at any time. But this film, this story about living in someone else's shoes, the level of empathy, I think, is what really drew me to this, to this story, to this narrative. Something that was necessary the moment I met McCall. And since then, we've been through a whole pandemic and you know, race riots and also, I mean, all sorts of crazy craziness um, has gone on in this world. And I feel that even the real occurrences that are happening throughout this globe definitely continue to push the relevance of the story being put out. And I think that's what really keeps me drawn to this story um, and most connected to it. So Again, my role comes through and I'm on the music side of things and I'm really inspired by the sounds and feelings that I feel in addition to obviously all of the amazing imaginative places that a mind can go. So I think it's, you know, the level of imagination that's there because in our deepest selves, we're always trying to connect to the child within us, or you should be. I mean, having that level of humility and understanding and to be able to come out in your rage, in your frustration, in your question, all of that, I think is just so beautiful. And so to see that in a raw form to, uh, you know, McCall's point about this movie taking you from reality into cartoon animated space, I feel like we all kind of escape to that on a daily basis, probably even more so than not. So I think um, truly, again, my, my, my thing uh, and why I love this film so much and want to see it come to fruition, and it will come to fruition, it is coming to fruition, is the level of empathy and to raise that vibration. And that's what this film will do, I think, for the viewers and, and readers who get to, you know, have this advantage and opportunity to even read the script, see the concept, but relate to it. It's so relevant. So that's why I love it. And truly appreciate McCall for following and sticking with this vision. It's really something that's so important. And that that connectedness, it's we're all connected. And I think we need to hear that narrative more than what we're hearing right now. So yes. yeah. Yeah, I love that. Emma? Yeah, I, uh, uh, I read the script. Let's see. McCall posted about it on Facebook. I want to say like, we've talked about, we've gone back and forth on this. What is it, three years ago? Four years ago? <laughs> it was in 2017. So four in years. 20, yeah. 2017. And she just, I think you posted about it being sort of something that you were working on. But I, I had met McCall in a funny way. We, we all have these interesting stories of how we met McCall, but I was, uh, I was, I jumped on as director for a play called Our Town, which I think a lot of people know. And I was playing Emily as well. So I was cast as Emily. The director was fired. It was in a church in California and the director was fired for being gay. They didn't say that, but it was very clear that that was what happened. It was right when ha um, uh, gay marriage passed and we were talking about it in the, uh, in the church one day. Uh, and all of a sudden he was gone the next day. And, uh, and I was mortified because it was a, an exciting opportunity for me, but I had a conversation with him privately afterward and he said, look, stay on, tell them you want to direct it. You deserve that chance and, you know, it's important that this, the thing go on. Obviously, it's not okay for me to stay. It was a very weird situation, but I ended up hopping on as director and we were using a lighting designer who happened to be lighting a play that McCall was in and I hadn't heard from him regarding our tech and so I went to the, her show and I was like, I'm going to accost this lighting designer and get him to, to come to, to our rehearsal and, and it turned out that I ended up clicking with McCall. She said, come to the cast party. It was the last day of the show and we sort of bonded 
childhood and and formed this friendship uh and yeah and i read the script a couple years down the line and and uh it really really hit me i think in a place especially we talked about the magical realism element but my favorite movie ever growing up was amelie and i think that sort of situation of a girl being in in her imagination in such a beautiful way but also connected to the the reality of of life um and sort of floating in between the two i think i really related to sophie in that way because in the same way that i related to amelie yeah it's a it's a gorgeous movie i also think you know we've been so conscientious about updating it for what's going on now but it hasn't frankly needed all that much updating considering it's always tackled issues of you know immigration and sexuality and gender and and i think it's it's just it's it's time that it gets told it's it's absolutely time so That's my my background. I'm, McCall's making faces because I don't think she knew that story about the director. I didn't. I didn't know all the details of that story. I just knew, you know, that I, yeah, that you came to the cast party and you were connected to one of the members of my theater company, The Vagrancy. Um, Danny, I think, is how, yeah. So anyway, small world. It's funny how that works. Yeah. And, well, I have, I think, some funny, like, funny background stories with in terms of my connection to McCall. First of all, <laughs> Speaking of the vagrancy, I came to see McCall in a play that she the was same in. The Why not? Was that the same one? Why not? Was that the same one? Anyway, it made me blush. My friend and I, <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm not sure I'm supposed to be seeing this. But anyway, it was it's amazing. Awesome. Yeah. She's amazing. <laughs> but I was like. It's a pretty intense play. <laughs> it's a pretty intense play. But I think now that I know her and also know this script so well, I also see like the depth of her, her ability as an actress and then also the, her depth of her ability as a writer as well as a creative but wow uh, anyway it's so funny that Emma you and I actually have that connection and didn't even know about it like we both kind of uh, found McCall at this play so um, but we met McCall and I met because I used to work with her brother uh, we worked in tennis and we we worked together and I was living in California and so was she at the time and we we had a work event and her brother was out and he said you know what, let's, uh, before our work event, let's go to Disneyland. And I was like, yeah, let's go to Disneyland. So a few of us from work, were going to go to Disneyland. And, and uh, he, of course, invited McCall to come along. And so our first time meeting ever and our first connection was actually like when I picked her up to go to Disneyland. The <laughs> so, happiest place on earth. The happiest place on earth. And um, we certainly had a very lovely day there. And then, you know, like I said, went and saw her in the play, but then kind of, we, I mean, lost touch isn't the right thing to say, but we just kind of didn't stay in touch um, until in the spring, um, Isaac, McCall's brother, reached out and said, can I put you in touch with my sister? She's having um, a gala, virtual gala event, and they might be interested in um, having some people help with sponsorships. And that's kind of one, one of the things that I work on from a day job perspective. So we had a very lovely conversation and I decided right then and there, because to Waka's point earlier, like her spirit connection, I think, and just the energy behind the passion she has for this project. I was like, hadn't read the script, didn't even really know what I was getting myself into. And I was like, I'll help you with your virtual event. Like what, like, let's do this. So um, ended up supposed like, but at first trying to get some sponsors for this virtual event, but then morphed more into actually producing the virtual event from a clicking the buttons and technical standpoint, because that's what I've also pivoted to during the pandemic. And then when I was invited to stay on, like definitely was like, yes, I'd love to stay on. The project uh, is, it's just so, there's so many things I could say about it, but on two levels, um, 
just the connect, you know, how it expresses how we all really are connected. And I think if, if you never thought that before, after this pandemic, and not just the pandemic, but the things that happened during that with the race riots, and just how it, we are all connected, whether we want to admit it or not, and whether we like it or not. And I think that this script just illustrates that in such a beautiful way. And then just from a personal note, I always love this thought about if I had made this different decision, my life is on this path, how would it be different? And are we actually, are they happening simultaneously? And so I, it's something that I actually really enjoy thinking about, even though it can make your brain explode. Um, so there's, you know, there's so many reasons why I just enjoy this team so much. That's, uh, that's why I'm here. Yeah. I love that. And I feel like from, from my perspective, you know, the reason I'm involved with this project is that I met McCall while she was looking for uh, new representation and uh, we had great meeting, realized that there was a vibe and maybe I wasn't the best manager for her, um, but that there was an opportunity for us to partner throughout COVID and really throughout my life. I have really loved the exploration of this idea, gender and identity. Uh, I started doing drag during, during COVID um, and it really has opened my mind up to what is, what can be, this idea of fantasy and um, imagination and, uh, you know, my favorite movie growing up as a kid was The Wizard of Oz, um, which I think really explores this idea of finding a home and uh, make and feeling at home and i have throughout my life moved a great deal and explored and so i always come back to what makes me feel balanced and what makes me feel stable and so i was really drawn to this project when i had an opportunity to read the script and it's been really exciting to um yeah explore this idea i think interconnectedness is just um so apparent throughout this pandemic, throughout the last two years, and empathy, you know, to Waka's point, I think empathy is such a huge part of art and to see it come to life in this really mystical, magical way through these characters has just been a really cool exploration and a really cool project to to sign up to be a part of. So yeah, I'm thrilled to be here and to work with all of you. I love this. This is so lovely. So, um, can why don't we uh, share a little bit more of um, and and uh, McCall? It's it's totally up to you how much you want to include, but I'd love to just share a little bit of where the project's at and what phase you feel like we're at and where what maybe the next phases look like and where the audience may be able to um, contribute. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Um, so. Uh, we shot in Tanzania um, a, a couple years ago, around the time that Emma came on, and um, we um, so we have that portion of production finished, which is really great that we can just concentrate on uh, the New York phase of production. And so uh, right now we're really just gearing up. We're I would say we're in late development and gearing up to um, raise the funds to make the film. And 
I think ideally we go into production in about a year and a half. So uh, yeah, we're very focused on either finding a, um, a partner, like a co-production with another production company or raising the funds through private equity. So it's just, it's the, you know, the, the financials that no one really wants to talk about, but it is what it is. And, you know, this, the nitty gritty that it takes to, to make a giant thing. Um, so um that's where our focus is right now, reaching out to production companies and then, um, you know, and then, and also private equity. And I think it's such a time, timeless and timely story that I feel like, you know, it's, it's just a matter of time before we, you know, make that right connection to, or be it with, you know, a number of investors or a single investor or a single production company, just finding that right moment of connection um, for that to uh, get it off of the ground. Great. Yeah, thank you. I would love to, and I think the audience would love to hear, uh, love to hear a little bit more about the time filling in Tanzania. Were there connections made on the ground there? Is there? Um, yes. Great. Um, so we went to Tanzania with a very bare bones team. It was um, maybe about seven of us. Um, our uh, first investor is a, um, a couple that owned a drone company. So part of their um, desire to work on it was also to um, to couple with us to be a part of the uh, cinematography team. So we actually had this amazing opportunity to film both through drone footage and land footage in um, the Natrone, Lake Natrone area of Tanzania, um, which is like Maasai land. So I connected with a eco lodge that had a Maasai community and we actually partnered with the Maasai and are forming a film fund to um, when we work with them, you know, so that when the film makes money as it will, um, they are getting a portion of that. It's really important to me to whoever is working on this, that they are like a partner on it, that it's not, you know, I, I really believe strongly in sort of breaking the structure of how films are made, where you have like one person at the top who's getting everything. I, mean, I really, I, I believe in sort of a more equitable form of financing and, and thinking about a future where workers and 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 people that come together to make something can all benefit from it so i'm not a finance person but i know that there are ways to do that and so um that's like wrapped up in my model it's also wrapped up in the way that we want to make the film we're talking about um having um race gender sexuality parity on set um, so that's really important to me i think that you know representation absolutely matters we cannot know what like empathy comes from stories of people that are not like us and there's no way to i cannot know what it's like to be anyone but me but the more that i see stories of people that are like not like me the more i can understand other people and i think that starts from everything from the pas to the cinematographer on set like you you have to if you're making a story and it's everyone looks the same or you know feels the same or expresses themselves the same then you're going to 
have a really boring story. And so I think that the way that this story is being told from, you know, the front of the camera to the back of house, it is a, um, it's a, it's a global effort that I think, you know, can start. That's, these are like, they're all the little details that come into telling something and how it's told that will make this um, an important story to be told. I love that. Now, Emily, if you you came on board around this time, um, I'd love to hear a little bit about your thoughts and also how art has has weaved itself into the production. Yeah, um, my background is somewhat in art. I guess it's more my upbringing. I uh, I grew up the the child of art dealer parents. Uh, hence hence the fact that I always have, I always have art around me. I think it's really important. I love that. I think we all have very artistic backgrounds. Obviously, Waka's in music, and and McCall and Carrie have equally creative backgrounds. Hence why we all sort of are attracted to this project. The same thing with you, Louise. I I also wanted to mention we were able to we had a gala a few months ago uh, to raise some funds to continue forward with the project. One of the things was that my my parents were very sweet to give some art to that gala. But in addition, we made sure, and it was really important to us to give a percentage to the Orquesa School in Tanzania. And McCall can talk more about that, but I think it's important. Again, like we're not just, you know, thinking down the line, we'll be able to give some money to, you know, people that we worked with in Tanzania. It's important that we do it as soon as possible and that we raise awareness too, right? So every time that we're we're talking about the movie, we're also talking about all the all the important people and uh, organizations and things that have to do with that. Uh, so, you know, if it's gender parity on set and, and you know, all of the parity that McCall was talking about in terms of getting different viewpoints, it's also about promoting uh, organizations that we're really proud to be partnering with. Um, but yeah, as far as the art thing, you know, I, yeah, I grew up in an art gallery. I traveled a ton as a kid. Uh, my parents would take us to auction houses and would wake up in Switzerland and then end up somewhere else. And it's funny to me when people talk about, uh, not having kids because they want to travel. Uh, and I think that's so strange because I was on planes <laughs> from three months on, you know, like my parents were like, that's not going to stop us from traveling. We're going to bring the kids with, you know? Um, and obviously, you know, I recognize how incredibly privileged I am to have had such a, a an upbringing and, and that it's not a cheap situation. It's expensive to travel, but super grateful for that cult cultural experience. And I think, yeah, bringing the art uh, world into, into the born that way and, and Sophie's exploration with art uh, and the fact that they're, there are so many different kinds of art. It's not as simple as saying, in the same way that we're saying having different viewpoints or different kinds of music, there's a whole, you know, world breadth of art. It, it spans from uh, ancient times. I mean, literally the time when people were having trouble existing, they were still creating art, which I think is fascinating. It doesn't change, even if you're stressed, even if you're exhausted, even during the Holocaust. I mean, one of the pieces that I have over my couch is by an artist named Hundedwasser who uh, painted and create, or rather created uh, woodcuts during the Holocaust detailing what was going on, you know, because he couldn't not, you have to create art during those times. Um, and I think during a time of sort of change and movement in, in the US and globally, Born That Way is a piece of art that we're creating to connect with and make sense of what's happening, right? That's how we, that's how we cope with the world is creating art. Music is truly a divine art when you're looking at the full scope of all the things that make up what art is. Um, music is definitely um, the core of that. You know, when you're looking at any sort of sound, you cannot have a movie or a film without <laughs> sound. Um, so, um, and that is music. So um, to have that, you know, uh, to be a part of that role. So right now I'm the 
I work for a music museum. Um, and essentially it's everything that I do every day. So I'm at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and previously worked at the Grammy Museum in Los Angeles. Um, it's, it's a, you know, it's a part of my being as Fela would say, music is spiritual. Don't fuck with music. Okay. It's in everything that you do. So, um, truly having, um, my background with, working with estates, working with artists, working with, you know, um, to, it's funny, Emma's talking about art dealer parents. Um, I get to touch on a lot of those different facets, working at a museum and a music museum specifically where you're collecting and building a collection and buying from auction houses, um, you know, checking on the provenance of things to make sure that those uh, knowing the story behind the music is also very important as the sound of music that's being created. So that's my background and what I bring to the table. But um, definitely when I read this film finally, or just even, you know, in meeting McCall and just hearing again, her, you know, her vision for the film and what the characters meant and all of that, I heard music. There were certain artists that I was just like, holy shit, McCall, look, this artist. And I remember sending like a slew of like, do you know this person? Do you know this person? Do you know this person? Because <laughs> like, Walker, do you know these people? And I'm like, well, we can get to them. We can get to anybody. Like we will, it doesn't matter. I, I don't need to know them, but we'll get to them. So it's been that level of excitement. When I think of the film, I hear instrumentals, but I hear certain voices. There's this artist, this British, this African-American or African-British artist named Laura Mavula. And she was one of the first artists that I was like, oh my God, like McCall, like there's this moment in a film, like this moment, I feel like we should have like this sound, you know, when we get to that phase of everything. But, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that when we're, you know, when I'm reading the film or sharing it, like those are some of the artists' names that I'm thinking about, but it's range in her voice. If you don't know who she is, go Google her, go find her on Spotify. It's Laura, M-V-U-L-A. Her voice is like a pristine crystal chandelier. Like, I don't know. It is just like the most beautiful ornate sound that you will ever hear. Um, uh, and, and her stories and um, even her music videos, they also just, the artists that I was, I was hearing and feeling, they truly collided with the narrative and the story that we're telling. And then when you're looking at artists and when you're looking at musicians, you know, their experience to be able to share their stories and how those also marry up with empathy, with race, with gender equality. Oh, music is truly the fabric of our lives, not to be cliche. It is the cotton. It is like there's music goes with every single, really get excited about that. And, but I do want to say that, you know, the artists, there were a couple artists that I was able just to even pull on. I'm in Cleveland right now at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, there were some local artists that we were able to have participate, but one in particular is Shayla Hope. She embodies everything that we're talking about. <laughs> she brings that, I don't know, just this dabble, this Disney magic, this pop, this glitter, this dust, this like animation, like she is everything. And, and she's an amazing, amazing vocalist. Like she is just has to be 
truly lock in step with the story that McCall has created. I'd love to hear how, you know, passion is maintained and, and where the passion really comes through for you in this. I've been thinking a lot about this and we've re- reflected on it on a couple of uh, chats we've had this week as a team, but I ran the New York City Marathon this year. And I definitely feel there's a lot of parallels between the experience of making a film. And I'm new to this world. I am, I have, this is, this is a new thing for me to be exploring filmmaking and where I, where I'm passionate and where I feel like I contribute to this project on the way that is going to be the most impactful is almost in that um, uh, like business office side of things. So helping with a website and helping with um, virtual events and some of those types of things that I do love to do. Um, But from a passion perspective, I think when you're, committed to something, when you have your mind set on something, you may not know all the ways to make it happen, but you're going to figure it out. And I, we've been relating a lot to the marathon this week. Well, everything in my life for this last, well, first of all, frankly, four and a half months, but especially this last week, as I reflect on post-marathon has been setting your mind to something like setting a goal, putting your mind to something and maybe not having all the answers to start, but figuring it out along the way. And that the real quote unquote marathon really is in the training for it, that the marathon itself is the reward. Now, someone said that to me last week and I was like, you're crazy. When is 26.2 miles like a reward? But it really is, if you think about it, you've put the hard work in. And I think that's what this journey is uh, for me, just getting started, and I suspect from McCall, Emma, Waka, I won't speak for everybody. I'll let them say it for themselves. But just being on this training, we are training for our marathon. We are putting in the hard work now because you can't put the hard work in on marathon day. You have better already done it. So I think we are now on that training plan and we are executing Uh, as best we can and just one foot in front of the other and we just keep going and that film is going to be made the film is going to be uh, for people to see and we will just keep going together and keep supporting each other and keep um, you have to have a good support crew that's what I keep saying we've I had it with my dad and my my boyfriend who has been amazing over the last few months but I had them there saw them four times on the course. And I kept saying like, without my support crew, I can't do this. You do not do these things by yourself. So I think having this strong team keeps the passion going when there are real dips in this process. Cause there are, it is not a straight line up. It is hills and valleys along the way. And with the right support crew, you can keep that passion going, whether you're brand new or you've been on it since high school. I think that's, that's how you keep the passion alive for something like, like this. Yeah. That's so everything that Carrie said is right on. And I think it is, it's like, you can't focus on the end goal because then you're living in the future. And that's so much about like, you know, what the, 
the movie is is sort of exploring even you know it's like how do we be present in what we're doing and if you're if you're able to kind of just drop into the beauty of what the present is i mean this moment is so lovely with with the four of you and all of us together talking about art and you know all of the facets of in different you know ways of making art and coming together to tell a story about equity and about identity um that's beautiful in and of itself and so i think the long game of it really does have to be about being present with whatever the task at hand is and so i really try to ground myself in um in that um i think gratitude helps a lot uh not focusing on what i don't have but focusing on what is working and leaning into that you know um working with an amazing team helps so much you all are just like you i mean you just make this an easy process it's it's just a wonderful thing to collaborate with all of you you're all such interesting vibrant beautiful people and you know and i i think that that will only grow as we um do raise the funds and you know it's just like then we have even more opportunity to bring the right team members in and it just grows from there and it has been growing and it's you know it is a slow burn i think movie making in general is a slow burn you know the public only knows the the two-hour movie or hour and a half movie that comes out but i mean this will be, um, I don't know if it'll be my second film, um, but I, you know, or, or my third or my, I hope it's my second, but I, I'm in post on my first feature as a director and um, it's, you know, we've been in post for two years and that was a quick movie. We made that really quickly and it's just a long process and that, that movie is a totally different, you know, animal. It's a micro budget, like very, you know, very like guerrilla filmmaking not not like this which is really slow intentional work of building this world building thing as opposed to you know shooting on location and working with what you have which was my other film unpacking but um i always remind myself that um it took darren aronofsky 10 years to raise the funds for black swan even when he had natalie portman attached and he was, she was attached from when she was in college and they didn't make it until 10 years after she was out of college. And that was before, already after she'd won an Oscar for, you know, her work in the professional. So it takes a long time to make a movie, especially a movie that doesn't fit in like a cookie cutter sort of, you know, way of how we, how like the Hollywood or the financing world sort of understands movie because people are always looking at what the model is for the last big hit right so an art exists in a place where it's it's something that hasn't really quite been done and so it is an unconventional film and a, there are more challenges i think for figuring out how to make it and how to find struggle or or is always a great mirror um so i really like to think of nothing has made me a better person than being an artist because it's such a hard thing to do <laughs> to exist in the world as as you know doing an unconventional path but you get to meet yourself every step of the way and it's not you versus the world, it's you versus yourself. And so I have had a great opportunity to grow as a result of making this movie over a long period of time, because when things don't work, when you hit the wall, you you really, you can't blame the world for that so many times. You have to, you know, look inward and figure out what to fix. And so I think that it's been a really wonderful growth process just to make some, try to make, you know, work on making something so big. And, you know, there's definitely days where I'm like, 
am I crazy? And yeah, I think ev most artists are a little crazy. You know, it, it kind of is a crazy thing to do something that's outside of the bounds of how um, we're told to do things. But it's also, that's the magic, right? That's, that's what, you know, sane people don't ever change the world. Sane people, you know, stay in their lane and you have to be a little bit of an out like of a little bit off to like go and think you can change the world but those are the only people that ever do so i think you have to be incredibly brave to be willing to put those words down on paper act them out and not only that but like feel them as your truth i i think in this day and age and in this world it it's a i hate to say that it's the brave thing to do it's the brave way to be but it is i mean there is still so much deep-seated um, bias and roots that we've all grown up with in various ways about what's right, what's wrong, and to just put it all out there like this. I just think maybe there is a little bit of crazy that's attached to it as well, but I, I would generally like to think that it's it's just the, it's brave and right. Well, I think speaking of bravery, I just want to jump in and say like, I, for the young filmmakers who potentially are listening, it's not all puppies and butterflies. Like we've been through some stuff, you know, like we've been through some, some close calls where we thought for sure it was happening. We've been through different team mem members. We've been through, um, you know, we've been through all sorts of struggles making this, making this movie happen. And I think it's about the people that are involved and the team. And just because someone is no longer on the project doesn't mean that they didn't bring something beautiful and incredible when they were here. And I think what McCall is saying about learning from all of this has been like, it's been a learning, a learning curve and a, and a wonderful, like, uh, it's, it's like a marathon. It's also like birthing a baby, right? It's about, it's about creating this thing and we're getting input from so many different areas. And it's beautiful that it's becoming such a collaborative thing. And I think being with the, you know, I, I, I've harped on this already, but like being with team members who are so willing to listen and and talk and have the have the hard conversations sometimes, like McCall and I have had conversations where maybe it's not the most comfortable, but we come out of it because we both listened and we both heard each other. And that's the kind of team that I want to grow with. That's the kind of movie that I want to make is where people are willing to really have the hard conversations and communicate and grow. Um, and that's, I think, part of what Born That Way is, too. To add a tiny bit here, Eleanor Roosevelt is one of my favorite women in history. And she has one of the best quotes, well-behaved women rarely make history. Yes. And I have really deep respect of the work that's already been put in. And I'm thrilled to just be a part of where this project is going. I appreciate so much that you guys jumped on that. You're like, no, it's this and this and this. And you're absolutely right. But it's also, I think me even saying that speaks to, I think part of also making it is not being an ego, you know, and it has to be with like remembering our shared connection and that this is like when making anything, our art can never be about the artist. Art always has to be for the audience and it has to, it exists in the connection between the audience and the artist. And it is that special place that where art happens, we let go of the control of it and we exist in this place where we surrender to it. 
And I think the process of making it, you know, we have to have the road to make it. And certainly like you have to have your business plan and the way that it's going to get made, but you also have to be open to the unknown, um, not knowing where that particular investor might come from. Or if someone, you know, presents an idea that was out of your wheelhouse of, of what you thought was possible, considering that if it really does feel like the right thing to do. And I think that's what any really good human interaction it, or even animal interaction because there's so many animals in our movie you know it's just about connecting to other and not just being with yourself and um i think that that's part of the process it's part of the pro it's what the film is about and it's also how it will get made i have a question um for mccall um why new york um so new york to me is like the epicenter of the world you know and i i know i'm biased because I'm a New Yorker, but I do think that it is like the city of the world. And I mean, even with Tanzania, um, I wanted Mary and I, when we set to make it, we, we wanted like a, you know, there's very few places in the world that sort of don't exist in the modern world. And so I think we wanted to contrast like literally like a timeless place that you could look at and not really know what even maybe possibly century you're in you know and and because the maasai have existed for thousands of years and pretty much in the same form i mean they do have cell phones now and there are like ways that modernity has creeped in but for the most part it's they're still living you know a, um, a nomadic life and um herding sh herding goats and and working with cows and you know living on the land and they are really separate new york is such a i i just i think it's the best i, I think it's the happiest place on earth <laughs> and it's just like a such a vibrant wonderful city and and i the diversity in new york you literally can find every single type of person and no one cares how much you're flying your freak flag like no one cares because they just don't have time for that you know they're they're on their own road and New York attracts the best of the best like everyone who is like the Val Victorian of their high school goes to New York to make their mark and it is that you know it is that quote like you know it's if you can make it here you can make it anywhere it's it is that Frank Sinatra story of like it's true and so I wanted to I wanted the contrast of that I mean born that way is a very um real and like in some ways like the the drama between it's a it's a small story between like five different people but it also i want it to have it's it has like an epic sort of parable almost quality where it's like a story that we're telling about humanity and so it's existing on more than one plane of not just this one story i think if, if you're going to tell a story and you're going to make a movie it can't just be the literal it has to also thematically resonate on a larger level because I do think that stories are our movies are like our modern day myths you know they're they're the stories we tell each other and they have the power to shift consciousness and i truly believe that and i don't have any interest in working on film that doesn't turn the dial i, I really do believe in art and activism as a marriage and it's um it's rooted in like my love of Bertolt Brecht, who I reference in the beginning of the film. And uh, New York for me is just like the epicenter of the world. And it, it encompasses all people and all types of people and all identities. And so it just felt like the perfect place to set the movie. 
um, to give it the sort of epic grandeur. I, I mean, I buy that. I'm a New Yorker through and through, and I hear that loud and clear. Well, and you're, um, you're a native New Yorker, right, Luis, as well? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm a, I grew up I grew up in the fifth borough of New York City, where uh, McCall actually lives. So uh, I'm a Staten Island. I'm a very proud New Yorker. Well, we, we were talking about New Yorkers and how there's like a, speaking of courage and bravery, there is a like, there's a part of New York that people, people assume sort of the, from the outside perspective that New Yorkers are busy and, and they have things to do and everyone is kind of fo focusing on themselves. But Carrie and McCall and I talked about this beautiful moment when there was a blackout about a decade ago. Uh, it was right after September 11th, maybe a couple years later. Um, and there is, there is a, a moment where New Yorkers say, okay, it's time. Like we're coming together. This is what happens now. And it happens all the time in small ways in New York, like people will be there for each other. And I just, I think that's a part of the movie too, that sort of, that like collective, like we're, we're here, we're taking care of each other. It may not be what it looks like from the outside. It's that, hey, I'm walking here kind of attitude, but, but it's there, it's underneath everything. This, this courage, this coming togetherness. Great, I love that. I think thematically it fits and I totally see why you would set the, uh, this, beautiful film in New York. It's a sense of pride too that comes from the city. Like people are really proud whether you're a native New Yorker or not. A lot of, most people are very proud to say that they live in New York. And I definitely ex witnessed that with the marathon, it, the coming out in full force that yes, people like to have their Sunday fun day beers and cheer for a bunch of weirdos running 26 miles, but they're there because they're like really damn proud that this is their city. They want you to know it. They want to welcome you and they want you know they really want you to know that they're they think it's pretty cool that you're there and that they're there as well so I have always felt that a lot when I lived there I don't live there anymore but when I lived there I also when people said oh where do you live and I'm like oh I live in New York. I mean, how freaking cool is that, right? So I think, you know, some of the characters from the film are not originally New Yorkers. And so I think it just kind of shows the aspirational pull that that city also has to McCall's point that you can go to that city and then be whoever you want to be. I love that. I would love to just do another round robin with each of you and talking about you know, what you think this film can do for modern media, for, for the modern world? What do you think um, this can add and what are you hoping to contribute with your work on this film? That's such a beautiful question. I'll jump in just speaking a little bit more about what I was talking about in terms of art shifting consciousness. Um, I think one of the greatest problems of our day is our is our sense of judgment of each other and our inability to really connect or understand um, where someone else is coming from. We're, we're living in a very divided time and it's scary. You know, it really is. It's scary. There's a lot of sort of fascist undertones in the world. Um, there's, we've experienced so much, we've, we've seen outwardly so much hate, you know, and I think that it's always been there, but now we see it because of social, because of social media and because of the internet, we see it in this way that it was very closeted before. And I don't think that's better, but now we collectively see it in this way that is different and it's shifting our consciousness. And so I think I am, I really think that, and, and, and in the midst of that, we're destroying our planet, right? Like climate change is real. The, you know, the glaciers are melting and it's getting, you know, we, we are in, we really are in a moment of crisis in this 
on our planet. And, um, you know, less than looking to other planets to habitate, I think we need to focus on home, right? And I think of this movie, I mean, I don't, you know, it's not heart surgery, it's not, you know, brain surgery, but it is, movies do have on a collective level the power to really shift whole groups of people and to bring people together if they can really make a splash. And, you know, I think that they do change the dialogue. And so I love the idea that this movie, if it really reaches the audience and reaches the level of people that I'm hoping it does, that it could help, you know, someone who maybe doesn't understand, you know, maybe a parent who has a, a son who is gay or, or um, you know, non-binary, that, that they would think, oh, I can't live like this anymore. I have to accept, you know, this, this person that I have brought into the world that is different than me, that I, you know, I want them to be this one way, but it doesn't matter what I want because this is what they are. And I think that um, movies have the power to do that like they are empathy building vehicles and they do that because we don't have these hard conversations all the time we gravitate towards the people that are like us because it's safer and we don't have to really push our boundaries and movies allow us to change in the dark you know we literally can sit in a, in a dark room alone or collectively and we can have our hearts melt a little bit because we see people that are different than us and we grow and that's what i want for this movie and that is how i believe that you know in its greatest form it could help the world beautiful waka yeah i'll just chime in here to say you know mccall that was beautiful i think even just you describing this now kind of brought me back to our initial spirit connection like this is why this film is important <laughs> um because the passion um that's coming from it and that's driving it forward and in what I was sharing earlier about the music, the, the power of music and it's the strength of it as a universal language for so many people. Um, I feel like, you know, this film really has a duty to do this. The fact that it has persevered and continues to be pushing forward, I feel like, you know, the music will only amplify this message of continued empathy and self-reflection and how we see others in the world and how we all relate to one another. Um, so I'm excited for that. My contribution in this to bring the music side of this to life. Emma? Yeah, well, I was going to say, I think with the, uh, with what Waka's saying about music, we've also talked about like collaborating, co collaborating with musicians and with artists, musical artists, collaborative, right? There's a beautiful building of this movie from various different places from your place Louise coming in now from Carrie's place coming in, in the summer and Waka's building with the music and my you know we're all sort of adding pieces to the pie and I think it's going to be evident in the final product being willing to sort of have these multiple influences and and parts of the whole creates something that is like in you know in the same way that we said why why does it need to be in New York is like New York right it's this beautiful beautiful collaboration of souls um and I, I love how how we've made that happen uh, and how we'll continue to make that happen, whether it's, you know, on set, in the film, in the story, in 
you know, in making this happen in after what happens, like Waka says, you know, uh, using these voices to continue to, to, to push on, whether it's like a song that's written for the movie that then gets played, you know, in a hundred years or something. I think it's about sort of putting those pieces in and then letting them fly separately and together. Um, I really love that. I mean, one of the songs that we have in the movie is, um, is a Nina Simone song. And we felt really strongly about you know, incorporating that uh, into the movie. And I love, I love that song and I love that it's in the film. And I literally sent a, a video to McCall yesterday morning because I was at the farmer's market. I have a, a jewelry business on the side and I, every Saturday I have a, a little booth at the farmer's market. And I was sitting there doing my jewelry thing. And all of a sudden there was a musician who they brought to the farmer's market to, to play while everyone's sort of uh, walking around and getting their veggies, et cetera. And uh, all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, this is the song from the movie. This is, this is Nina Simone. Like it was just, it's such a wonderful, beautiful moment, right? Where you go like, yeah, everything is totally freaking connected. Of course it is. Of course that song would play the day before. I have a, you know, I have a chat with my co-producers about how wonderful and beautiful this movie is. Of course it would. Like, you know, it just, it makes me happy how wonderfully interconnected it all is. Like a thread. His Common thread. Carrie? Yeah, and I mean, I'm, I'm not sure now what I could say that much more eloquently than what anyone else has said before me. I will say for me, um, this film is, it's all about inclusivity. There's, you know, somebody that's, uh, somebody that I really much look up to, Billie Jean King, she often says, you, you have to see it to be it. And I think that this film, it doesn't, you, you can be any type of person. You can be black, you can be white, you can be gay, you can be straight, and so on and so on and so on and and you probably can see somebody in this film that you identify with and I think that that is really special because that's while we as a society are moving in that direction there is a long 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 way to go so I think that that is something that's really special and even to the even to the crew as McCall was saying earlier that we just want this to be about inclusivity and showing how truly like connected that we are. And so I think that is something that can be really special. And I hope people see that as well. Thank you. Louise, um, I'd love to hear what you have to say about this too. Cause you're, you know, like, yeah, sure. Your, your, you know, thoughts for your question. Yeah, of course. Thank you. So as I, as I said, you know, in, in pitching this question, I started Variato with the idea that I wanted to see art that reflected the modern world and that helped to develop a vehicle to see expression and identity in a way that hasn't really been done in the past. And I think that this script is a really beautiful way of bringing to light the interconnectedness of identity and what it really means to share this earth with other people. And so I agree that I am changed a lot in the dark. And I think that movies have always been a vehicle for seeing the world in new ways. And so I think that this script is really has the ability to do that um, because of this theme of interconnectedness, because of this theme of inclusivity and diversity. And those are 
really the founding themes of, of Variato, the company that I started. And I think they're really innate to who I am as a person. I, you know, I grew up on Staten Island. I'm half Colombian. I'm half Italian. I never felt enough of either of those growing up. I never felt, you know, enough of a person uh, really until I, you know, grew up and, and learned to love myself. And I think that this story has the ability to really um, help others to see the the benefits of just embracing who you are as a person and, and who everyone else around you is and how that can really create a more fulfilled, beautiful world. Yeah. Thank you. Can I just say one more thing? I, I am still reflecting on it and really moved because Louise, you just touched upon it too, about what Paul said about how we're changed in the dark related to, um, you know, to film. I, again, I don't come from a film background or, or a cre- like even an artistic background, like my, my team of people, all of you do here. And so I feel like I approach things about this film in a different way. However, something like that and really reflecting on how you are changed in the dark related to movies and what the power that they have based on the script, the visuals, the art and the music. I'm like, that is so, I don't know for anyone that might be listening that is like not like doesn't know filmmaking, isn't a huge creative, but it's just maybe interested in this project. Like really reflect on that because how many times have we sat at the end of a movie in the theater, like with stunned silence and everybody was like, did that just happen, right? You know, did I just see that? And then you talk about it and talk about it and talk about it for days and years to come. So anyway, I just love that sentiment in terms of, um, in terms of this film and the, and the power that it could, it could have for people. I think that is a beautiful note to end on. I would love to thank all of my guests today. Um, Thank you to McCall for bringing me into this amazing team. Thank you to Emma, Carrie, and Waka for bringing their passion and their vision for this film. I hope that this is just the first of many conversations about this film. Please uh, be in touch if you would like to be a part of the funding and creation of this amazing project. And thank you again for just sharing your thoughts and insights into this into this project. Thanks, Louise. Yeah, thanks yeah. for having us. Thank you so really, much. Really wonderful. Talk about elevating voices. Like we're so grateful, really. You know, to to have you involved and and to be able to talk a little bit about uh, about what we geek out on. <laughs> yeah, my pleasure. That's you know we're shedding light here, so we're so happy to be able to shed some light on board. We look forward to sharing more stories like this with you on the next episode of Shedding Light Within Entertainment. From Variato Talent, I'm Luis Lizarazzo. See you next time.